His voice isn't hard to hear, and his vocabulary is not difficult to understand. We simply come. Now, the biggest problem to that is distraction. Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. So today we begin with the question, what does it mean to know God? I mean, really know Him. How do you connect with God on a much deeper level? Today we learn what it means to be intimate. Hope is here. Shout the news to everyone. It's a new day. Peace has come. Jesus sings. Mercy triumphs at the cross. Love has come to rescue us. Jesus Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. Hi, this is Bill Scott, along with Dr. Tim Clinton. Today's special guest has taught us about prayer, spiritual discipline, what it means to be intimate with Christ, to know Him as Paul said, to make Him known. You know, Dr. Tim, I don't know about you, but I'm pushing 50, and it seems like the older I get, the more desperate I become to know my God. I'll never forget, I saw Johnny Cash on a plane once, and my friend and I were talking to him. And at the end of the conversation, he gets up and he looks at us and he said, son, the more I learn about my Lord, the less I know. And I thought the guy gets it. Bill, what's interesting is research out there is indicating there's a Gallup poll. 82% of Americans feel the need for a more intimate relationship with God. In the last 24 hours, 66% of Americans had prayed to God, not just for help. They're praying for wisdom and direction in their everyday life in that same poll. 50% of Americans sensed a strong presence of God in their life in the last 24 hours. You know what one little caveat to that is? You'd never know it. It's interesting, isn't it? No, you wouldn't. But I would think that most listening right now would say this. I don't need less of God. I need a whole lot more of him. I know that's where I'm at today, perhaps you as well. Our special guest is Pastor Richard Foster, founder of Renovari. This grew from a small group of dedicated participants in the States who caught Pastor Richard's vision for spiritual renewal to establish expressions in the UK and Ireland, Korea, Brazil, many different books, including, of course, Celebration of Discipline, which has sold over a million copies. And some have said, really, one of the top 10 most important books of the 20th century. Richard, thanks for stopping by Life, Love, and Family. Tim, Bill, wonderful to be with you. As we get started, Richard, could you have imagined what God wanted to do in and through your life? You know that passage. It is beyond anything we can imagine what God does. And so whatever I imagined, God has gone way beyond it. One of my favorite quotes in all the world comes out of your book on prayer, where you said one of the greatest deterrents to an effective prayer life is the belief that all has to be right or perfect before you can pray. You know, that was a real lesson for me, Richard. Well, way back, I think I was a college student, and I decided I'm not going to pray again out loud in public until I get all my motives straight. There might have been some goodness in the desire. It absolutely froze my ability to pray because I could never get it right. You know that Dom Julian, that wonderful statement, pray as you can, not as you can't. We learn to come to God as the old song says, just as we are. Richard, do you believe this modern-day craze for spirituality is real? Oh, there's all kinds of mixture in it. I don't worry too much about it one way or the other. We just simply want to guide people as fully and faithfully as we can to Jesus, who is our ever-living Savior, Teacher, 
Lord, and friend. Sometimes people come with all kinds of mixed motives. These surveys that you quoted about desire and longing to be intimate with God, well, I'll just take that at face value and say there is a way. And Jesus has made the way. And he said he is the way. So you understand he has not contracted laryngitis. His voice isn't hard to hear, and his vocabulary is not difficult to understand. We simply come. Now, the biggest problem to that is distraction. We are a distracted people, and this is across the board. In all groups and categories and religious groupings, we're just distracted. We must deal with that and allow God to deal with it so that we can hear his voice in his wondrous, terrible, loving, all-embracing silence. Well, Richard, let's go to the words of Jesus for a moment. When he said, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me, what does that mean? Well, it means that Jesus is a living teacher, and he will be with us, and he will guide us. My sheep know my voice. Now, It is coming to know the voice of Jesus. You remember, Satan pushes and condemns. God draws and encourages. And one of the great doctrines of the New Testament is the Christ-likeness of God. God is like Jesus. So if we simply will come with humility of heart, I think a good place to start is just with the Gospels and you get acquainted with Jesus and learn to become his friend and learn for him to become your friend. You understand that Jesus says, I'm with you always. But the big question is, are we willing to be with him? Some listening might say, when you say become his friend, that kind of like foreign to them for a moment. What do you mean a friend of Jesus? Yeah, remember Jesus said, you are my friend. If you do whatever I command you, now, why is that? It's not like there's some big requirement. It's just simply learning to obey, hear God's voice, and obey his word. Learning to do that involves an adjustment of our lives, doesn't it? There's this big word in the Bible, sin, (laughs) and it crops up in people's lives. It is learning to walk with Jesus through that. There was an old writer who put it this way. The writer's name was Jean-Pierre de Cousade, and he said, The soul, light as a feather, fluid as water, innocent as a child, responds to every movement of grace like a floating balloon. And I love those images, those metaphors that he piles up. And if we learn to come, light as a feather, fluid as water, innocent as a child, and responding to every movement of grace like a floating balloon. We can become the friend of Jesus. Richard, do you believe that God speaks to us today? Absolutely. This is one of the great realities that God does indeed. He is, as one writer put it, our communicating cosmos. He communicates. It is learning to listen and learning to be attentive. One of the most instructive passages in the Bible is Elijah. And, of course, listeners would perhaps remember the story of 
the battles that he had with the prophets of Baal and how he'd won those. And then they were after him to kill him, and he ran and finally hid up in this cave. And then he was waiting for God to speak to him. Of course, the background to that passage is how God spoke to Moses with fireworks and all of that on Mount Sinai. And so that's what he was looking for. It says that God wasn't in the earthquake or the wind or the fire until he learned that there was this still, small voice. And actually, it literally means the voice that doesn't make a sound. Elijah came to learn that God speaks in that way to us. Life, love, and family. Today we're talking with Pastor Richard Foster. We're talking about going deeper, about knowing the Lord on a more intimate level. And I think we're just unpacking what I'm hearing, real gold, nuggets of truth. Richard, I agree with you. We run too fast. Our lives are filled with too much noise, so many distractions, and the pace and the pressure. And by the way, pain also squeezes out his voice in our life. And some would step back and say, the word, what I do is I press into the word. But even Paul said, his spirit bears witness with our spirit. Now, I'm glad for people who want to press into the word, and I think by that they mean the Bible. And indeed, we should. It is the Word of God written. But Jesus is the Word of God living also. And we must become attentive uh, to that. And of course, the Debar Yahweh, the Word of the Lord that comes and speaks to us. Maybe it would help those who are listening for me to share maybe my very first conscious experience of hearing the voice of Jesus. This is way back when I was a college student, and it grew out of a time of frustration. Well, I mean, I had less than a stellar intellect, I think, and so I had to work harder than everybody else to succeed in college, and I was carrying a couple of part-time jobs to bring in enough money, and and I'd formed with another friend a little ministry effort that took us out places on the weekend. Well, anyway, the thing of it was that I was frustrated by it because I didn't have the space for the leisure and social activities that seemed to be so much a part of everybody else's life. Well, one evening I was taking a stretch break from study, and probably 10 at night or so, and I walked out into the night. And very quickly, I began speaking prayers of complaint, (laughs) you know, a little like the Lament Psalms of the Bible. I wasn't angry, really. I was just frustrated. They were poor me kinds of prayers. And as I was walking along, I wandered into a nearby woods. So I was walking by the light of the moon. My complaining prayers began to diminish, and I became more and more quiet until I fell into total silence, a kind of listening silence. And then it was then that God spoke out of that stillness into my frustration. I heard the Lord saying, at least this was a kind of interior hearing, a inward whisper, something like, you're frustrated and sorry for yourself, God seemed to be saying. Sorry for yourself because you don't have all your desires satisfied. But if you will be with me, you do not have to have your desires satisfied. With me is ultimate and complete satisfaction. If you are genuinely with me, you are in the best place possible. 
Now that's all there was. No promise to transform my life circumstances, no guarantee of wealth and prosperity, no pledge to change anything. And yet those words quietly dissipated my frustration and overcame my self-pity. And I remember walking out of those woods with a fresh spring in my step. I'd been addressed personally, intimately. The voice of the true shepherd was enough. It's such a simple thing that God can speak to us in loving ways where we learn to be still with the Lord. Richard, I remember when I was going through a very, very challenging time. My father, who was a pastor for nearly 60 years here on this earth, I shared with him and he knew the travail of my soul. And he labored with me, often unbeknownst to me. I remember him picking up the phone one day, calling me and saying, Tim, it's done. God has told me that this is over and you're ready to move on. Wow, yeah. And Richard, you want to know something? I believed him. It was God speaking to me that it was time to move on now. Is that what you're talking about? Exactly. And you know, that also illustrates that God very often uses his friends to come to us. Spiritual friends. Yeah, and to open the way to us. Those who walk with the Lord, it makes a difference. Sometimes, Richard, it comes through a song. Yeah, absolutely. You never know. How do you then discern whether or not that voice is God? First off, it's like any other voice. How do we know when your father called, how'd you know it was him? Well, there's a certain quality in the voice of a person and in the voice of God. I think I mentioned Satan pushes and condemns, God draws and encourages. And there's a quality to the voice. It's grace and mercy as opposed to condemnation. And then, of course, the content of the voice, which is always consistent with the way that God has spoken in the past. And, of course, we have the whole biblical witness to help us to understand a sense of how God works with his people. And see, that's the key thing in our study of Scripture, is to see how God is with people. How was he with Abraham? How was he with Moses and Hannah and Mary and Saul who became Paul and so forth? How was God with them? How was God with the children of Israel when they were in exile? And how does God work with people? Read the Psalms and we see how God is with us in worship and celebration. and The whole biblical witness and, of course, the Gospels give us the deepest sense of Jesus' way and his intimacy with the Father, and it gives us a picture of the voice of Jesus. Richard, a few years ago, I made my way out your way, uh, out into Colorado, and went down to Glen Airy to meet with Larry Crabb, a spiritual director. Larry and I met in the pink house down there together, and we were going to spend a few days. Yeah, I know where it is. Can you imagine two counselor types staring at each other and seeing who's going to move first? <laughs> Quite a session. What was interesting, Bill, Richard, was uh, during that time, God began to move. And I remember Larry looking at me, and I'll just share some details here for a moment that are personal. And he just said, Tim, I fear that sometimes in your faith walk, your spiritual walk with the Lord, that when you encounter God, you don't come to him with a spirit of expectation. You don't expect to meet with God. You don't really believe God is there that he's going to show up. And I just stared at him. That's the first thing is holy expectation, as the old writers put it. 
God is active and at work, and not just in a religious setting. God is active and at work. So we learn to be attentive, and he can speak to us, like you said, in many different ways. I look out of my window here as we're talking. Here's uh, wonderful pine trees and the little squirrels that scamper about. They're doing the will of the Father. It reminds me that God is the creator of it all, and I want to get in touch with that. Especially as I watch these trees, I learn something of the cosmic patience of God. There's no hurry here in growing these trees. We can kind of get in rhythm with the patience of God and God's voice that speaks to us not just instructions, but loving us. Remember the Mount of Transfiguration and Moses and Elijah, Law and the Prophets, revealed, and then, and then the voice that comes out of the cloud, this is my son, my beloved, listen to him. Well, Jesus comes to us, too, and says, you're my beloved, and I just want to be with you, and learning to just be with God. Frederick Faber said, only to sit and think of God. Oh, what a joy it is to think the thought, to breathe the name. Earth has no higher bliss. So that's part of the deal. We learn to be attentive to the voice of the true shepherd. As we meditate, Richard, as we intentionally focus in on him, you've written about the spiritual disciplines. Are there a couple of different disciplines that we need to practice that you see most Christians not practicing? Well, let me just share a little experiment that more recently I've been doing. Very simple. Now, at my age, you understand the joints are a bit creaky. In the morning, I will often just begin with a little stretching. I'll do this downstairs. Carolyn's still asleep upstairs. Just stretch a little bit and end up on my back with my arms stretched out to the side in a kind of bodily sign of the cross, if you will. And then I'll use those words of the Apostle Paul from Galatians. And I usually say them out loud. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Just say those words. And then take just a few moments and go through the day a little bit. What am I doing today? Oh, there's a visit with Tim and Bill. Anything, Lord, for that time, anything special. And just be quiet and be attentive. Oh, there's someone you're meeting with this afternoon, and maybe there's just this impression they're hurting, they're dealing with a real problem. Be especially sensitive to that need. Then, after just kind of walking through the day a little bit, and just laying on my back, completely still, no other words particularly, maybe a little prayer, but mostly just becoming comfortable with God's presence and being still, and then you can begin the day. Can you talk to us about what is it that is required of us? What ultimately is this about? Well, you know, our joy is to love God and to enjoy Him forever. And God tells us in the Bible that we are to reign with Him forever and ever. So, what are we about these days? 
Bill said that he's getting close to 50, well, and I hope that he'll do another 50. But through that time, we are training for reigning, and that becomes the experience of the formation of the character of the life, the growth of the soul into the likeness of Jesus. Remember Paul's words in Romans, those whom God foreknew, them he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. That's what we're working on. That's part of the deal. And that's part of the intimacy that you talked about at the beginning of the program. As we grow into his likeness, more and more it becomes a joy to walk in God's presence, to do all that we do to the glory of God. To move from bondage to freedom, to know him and ultimately to make him known. And to make him known and to be known by him. It's all part of the same task. Richard, you have the final word. For those who are listening, may God's Spirit just dwell in you richly, fully, and the difficulties that you face, that you might face them with Jesus at your side, who will guide you and instruct you and keep you and hold you and walk throughout this whole year with that reality. That I may know Him And the power of His resurrection The fellowship of sharing In His sufferings Becoming like Him in His death so somehow to attain unto the resurrection not that I've already come this far but I press on to Hold on That for which Christ Jesus Took hold of me And I do not consider myself Yet to have taken to those things for me now.
Dr. Tim, the last 30 minutes has felt as though I have sat down alongside a fireplace, sort of kicked back in the recliner, listening to God speak, hearing the truths and the desire for God to draw me deeper into an intimate relationship with Him. I don't know about you, but that 30 minutes flew by just like that because I was grabbing all those pieces of gold that I felt like were falling onto my lap. Bill, it made you stop in your soul because your heart, your life, you've been made for that. We long for that. God made us for a relationship with Him. And so when someone stops you, like Richard Foster just did. That was huge. You say to yourself, I need him. You can almost hear the words of Jesus. I am the vine and you are the branches. And without me, what? You can do nothing. Mm. Lord, we need you. We're desperate for you. If that's where you're at today, hear the voice of God. Hear him call you. If your heart's filled with discontent and you know your life's not the way it's supposed to be, that's God at work. I wish you could have seen into the studio during that conversation because I'd look at Tim and he'd bounce back in his chair just going, Wow. Because we were really hearing a message of God through Richard. And then he'd look at me and I'm going, unbelievable piece of truth. And like I said, drawing near 50, I just want to draw closer to God. Time is short. You see that at 50. You see that at 60. And I just want to know my Savior as intimately as possible and to be able to pass that on to my children and my grandchildren. That's the Apostle Paul Bill in Philippians 3. It really is about pressing toward the mark of the high calling we have in Christ. It's about straining with everything we have toward Him. And when your life is in that direction, that's a good way to be going. Well, I can't encourage you enough to check out our website, lifeloveandfamily.net. There are just tons of pieces of resources and truths You can go back, listen to today's program. As a matter of fact, you can subscribe to iTunes on your computer or on your phone, and it'll download every morning for you, so that way you can listen to it again. Perhaps you only caught a portion of today's program. Trust me, you want to hear the whole thing. Maybe it's a podcast or a show we've done on forgiveness. It's there waiting for you. So anyways, you can subscribe to that. Now, we got a daily devotional from Dr. Tim, our weekly devotional that's available. 100,000 plus people and growing that are receiving that every week. Your words of encouragement to us. Very exciting to us, Bill. It's about pouring into our everyday lives. It's about enriching our personal walk with the Lord, just like we heard today with Richard Foster. It's about strengthening our love life, really pressing up close to those that God just placed into our life to embrace and to enjoy. And that's about strengthening our families. In the end, all that matters is who you loved and who loved you. Well, maybe today you need prayer. You can go to the website, request prayer, find a counselor. There is so much waiting for you at lifeloveandfamily.net. The toll-free number is 855-455-3864. Let me give that to you again. It's 855-455-3864. In case you can't call now but you want to call later, the easiest way to remember that is toll-free, 855-4-L-L-FAMILY. That's 855-4-L-L-FAMILY. Life, love, and family. America's number one Christian residential treatment program, Honey Lake Clinic, specializing in addiction, depression, anxiety, bipolar, PTSD, staffed by nationally recognized psychiatrists and psychologists, a team of MDs and 24-hour nursing care, a 600-acre scenic sanctuary of unmatched beauty, Honey Lake Clinic. Most insurance accepted, scholarships available. Phone 844-747-7772. Online, Honey Lake. Dot clinic. Women in Depression. 
Get confidential help. 1-877-257-9612. Women addicted to alcohol or drugs? Get confidential help. 1-877-257-9612. Women with anxiety or eating disorders, trauma, and PTSD? Get confidential help. Timberline Knowles Residential Treatment Center. 1-877-257-9612 or timberlineknowles.com.